0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Rookie in the Vet Podcast. I'm your rookie Dante Furco here with your vet, Darren Leeds. We have a special guest joining us today. We're gonna to talk a little Illinois football, yeah. fantasy football. Chicago Cubs in a race for the playoff for the wild-card spot, and then, I mean, we can even touch on the Bears if we want to and, you know, the Let's pain, the pain stay that's stay going away. on. Let's
2: stay away from that subject right now. Going on there. Well, fantasy but... football, definitely, I'm excited. Um, could talk about that for days. Illinois football, Cubs, yeah, wild-card race, that'll be interesting. Uh, regular season wraps up, but at the end of this week, and then we kind of head into that playoff picture for some October baseball. So yeah, always get excited around postseason baseball World Series time. Um, And yeah, things looking pretty good.
1: Yeah, and like I mentioned, we have a special guest here today, our ABC reporter and Fox Illinois reporter, Carson Gordy joining us. Glad to
2: have you here, Carson.
1: Talking a little sports. Uh, Welcome to the pod.
0: Dude, it's always nice. You know, today I'm doing police stories. Usually I do stories about taxes. To be able to sit down and talk about sports, I mean, thank you guys for bringing me on. Of
1: course, of course. And, I mean, we're going to start off with Illinois Illinois football. We know you know a lot about Illinois football, you know, going yep. to the university. Season
2: ticket holder over yep. here.
1: So we're, we're, I am a season <laughs> ticket holder, yes. We're excited to have you. Illinois took on FAU over the weekend. Um, we'll start off with Carson. I mean, what were your initial thoughts on, you know, how they played on uh, Saturday?
0: Well, I think it was good to see Luke Altmyer bounce back. You know, we saw the first two games of the season – I mean, he was a lot more dynamic than Tommy DeVito. I would argue Illinois probably loses that Toledo game if Tommy DeVito is on the field. Because we look at 2022. Chase Brown was a great running back. But if he even had a subpar game, it was really hard for DeVito to win a game on his own offensive merits. What's nice about Altmeyer is that he is more capable of using his legs and extending drives. It seems like he takes more chances. So I thought Toledo, he played fine i thought against kansas yeah he had a bad interception but he wasn't the issue that's not why they lost penn state was terrible and that is the kind of game that can really destroy a young player like luke altmeyer i mean the guy had four interceptions but to see him bounce back against florida atlantic not the best competition it was nice to see that he could play confident football i think the bigger issue with illinois football is we have to lock down this defensive intensity we got to get more pressure on the quarterback more consistent and this offensive line needs to open up more holes. I mean, until the fourth quarter, they weren't really running ball against Port Atlantic. So if you want to beat Wisconsin, if you want to beat Iowa, we need a more consistent Josh McCray. So I, I, for, for Altmaier, I think that's a positive sign. And we got three years to build with him. You know, the, this football team, like I, I feel like we got played last year. In hindsight, the way they won was not sustainable. You're not always going to have a Witherspoon. You're not always going to have a Sidney Brown. You're not going to have a Quan Martin. So, you know, the defense, we can't expect them to just give up 12 points a game. You know, this is going to be a long rebuilding project for Brett if you expect eight to nine wins a year.
1: I will mention, um, you talked about bouncing back from a tough game against Penn State. Yeah, Altmaier did speak about it before last week's game and then after last week's game, or the game against FAU. Uh, just how difficult it was for him to mentally get back because you throw four interceptions, people are going to lose faith oh, in yeah. you. And, I mean, the, the media question And, I mean, did. it
2: wears on you, too. I mean, you're thinking every time you're going out there, I'm I mean, going to throw another interception. Um, you know, what am I kind of maybe hinting to the defense that they're able to get these reads on me? Because, yeah, four interceptions is quite a bit, um, you know, and I can see how... That kind of takes a toll on just your mental state in that game and then going into the next game. Um, but yeah, I liked a lot of what Carson said, and that's kind of what I was saying, have been pretty much saying this whole year is, yeah, Altmaier, big improvement from that Tommy DeVito last year. I really liked the points that Carson made up with, you know, DeVito kind of relied a lot on Sydney Brown, or not Sydney Brown, Chase Brown, um, but... Altmire's getting it done with his legs too, you know, helping to kind of bring us a little bit more in that running game. Our running backs have not been very dynamic this year. I don't even think they've cracked hundred yards. I will say because perfect a pair yet, as the video's
1: up Aiden Lawfrey. No, they haven't cracked hundred yeah. yet, but Aiden Lawfree getting a touchdown. You've seen the video right there. Um, Lawfrey is a freshman running back that I really like. I feel like the running back room's starting to come on. We saw it last week with uh, Caden Fagan having a good yard, game rushing. I think he only had three attempts, but it was 25 yards on the attempts. You had Aiden Lawry with a touchdown, Reggie Love finally kind of getting things moving more, and then uh, McCray and things moving. Uh, Carson, what were your kind of thoughts on the running back r- group last game?
0: Well, the running back group has a bunch of potential. I mean, Illinois football fans are brightly in first year. There wasn't a lot to be excited about with that offense. You know, If Illinois fans remember, Tony Peterson was the offensive coordinator and Brandon Peters, his quarterback, you know, they were scoring 18 points a game and they finished a pretty rough five and seven because of the offense. Josh McCray was the shining light. Like if, if you look back to those Maryland games, those Purdue games when he was a true freshman, I mean, he looked like a Wisconsin running back. He looked like the next Monte ball, the next James white, the next Ron Dane for Brett Bielema. I remember when they played two years ago, Muscle Lafayette. I think McCray had 160 yards of rushing. So we thought this was, the Illinois fans thought this was the guy to build, you know, the program around. So, you know, with McRae, I feel like you got to give him touches. We saw a little bit of momentum against Florida Atlantic. I mean, the guy's, a, you know, a bulldozer. Uh, with Reggie Love, he seems like he has a lot of potential to be a two-way running back. Literally, throw him screen passes, dump him off, let him make some plays in space. Because this offensive line it is, not, it is not played as strong as it has last year. We have to let our playmakers like Isaiah and we have to let playmakers like Reggie, you know, make some moves.
1: Did, I don't know if you've watched the entire, the all the way up to the last play Carson, but, and it goes for Darren as well. What did, what were your thoughts on uh, Ken Fagan kneeing the ball with a clear right. touchdown in front of him? It would, have been, it would have been his first career touchdown on the college level. And he decided to drop and let the team run out the
0: clock. You know, what they always say is uh, good teams win, great teams cover. Even if he scores that touchdown, Illinois doesn't cover the 16 point spread. My opinion of the team doesn't really change, you know, with an extra touchdown when, when you're playing in Florida Atlantic winning by six points, winning by 13 points is really unacceptable in the grand scheme of things. Um, realistically, pretty smart football play, you know, dropping down. And I think it shows that he is a team player, but with the overall substance of the season, I, I, I really don't think it has that much impact.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this Carson guy on here. He thinks the way I kind of think, yeah, it's we, not me. I mean, yeah, it looks good for his statistics, but at the end of the day, you want to lock that ball game down, get the win. Yeah, like Carson said, it wasn't a pretty win, but a win's a win. I mean, yeah, they don't need to cover the spread or anything like that. You know, nobody's putting money on Illinois football or anything because, I mean, you can't. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, they – everyone had Illinois kind of blowing them out by what somewhere between 20, 30 points or Mm -hmm. so, something like that. Um, So, I mean, yeah, just solidify that win. Let's get it over with, you know, move on to that next opponent. Um, And yeah, probably should not have struggled against FAU as much as what they did Um, kind of reiterating what Carson had said earlier for as much as this defense is hyped up there needs to be more sacks on the quarterback. There needs to be those defensive linemen breaking through. I mean, Randolph, Newton, I mean, should probably combine for about four or five sacks a game with just how much we've been talking about them, you know, through the preseason and now here in the regular season. Um, I will
1: jump in and say is, while Newton doesn't have the sack numbers this year, Newton might be a top three defensive lineman this year in all of college football, if not number one. His quarterback pressures are, I think, number one in college football right now. So he's been kind of unbelievable, but he's not getting the sack numbers. I think he had two against Kansas, but other than that, he hasn't really kind of taken down the quarterback, but he's really stuffing the holes though. Um, Keith hasn't been, hasn't had much of a presence in terms of what we saw last year yet. Maybe give it some time. Maybe we'll see it this week against Purdue. But something I do want to mention is that secondary this year, they just keep getting banged up. I mean, that right. game against FAU, they were down like three guys in the secondary from the start to the end of the game. Right. We had freshmen playing, um, which stepped up, um, but they were just banged up. Luckily, everybody's going to be back. I mean, Taz Nicholson was one guy that got banged up that they needed. They ended up going to Nicario Harper, who I think has been actually been... Molding into that defense, which is really good. I think he's a great player, but he didn't get many reps to start the season, so he kind of filled in. Um, I want to say Xavier Scott got hurt, a um, little banged up, um, but their their secondary is a little it it's a little questionable at times. What do you think, Carson?
0: Well, I think the secondary is young. I mean, you are replacing three top three draft picks. I mean, say what we want about Lovey Smith, he actually didn't leave you know the cupboards too bare you know, for Brett Bielema, they had some great pieces. And let's remember, Illinois had a great play caller last year with Ryan Walters, Mm -hmm. you know, they were dialing out pressure. But uh, you know, to your point about Johnny Newton, I mean, he was the best player on the field against Penn State. He changed that entire game. I mean, he made Drew Larr look like an actual freshman. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Johnny Newton is making bank next year. He will be a first round pick. And hey, let's give Illinois credit. Let's compare how Illinois played against Penn State Now let's compare about how rival Iowa Hawkeyes, who were ranked, played against Penn State. They had 50 yards of offense. I mean, if Luke Altmeyer doesn't throw JV interceptions, Illinois can seriously think that, hey, maybe we could have won that game. Illinois has looked better than Iowa so far.
1: Mm -hmm. So Newton, before the season, a lot of mock drafts. Carson was about 27 to, like, really early second round when I saw him. Do you think he's kind of – taken a step up and maybe we'll see him in the 10 to 20 range, or maybe even the top 10, or do you think he's still in that end of the first round kind of spot?
0: I think going into last year, you, you would think, Hey, noon, let's be an early second round pick late first round pick. He's getting double teamed. He's getting triple teamed at times. He's blocking field goals. I mean, what he's doing, like, this isn't a Georgia defensive line where they can just bring in another five guys or another four guys. He is the man for the job. I, I like Keith Randolph, but he's he's a college football player. John Noon, Johnny Newton's a man. So what I think he'll be, I think he'll be around the 20th pick, 15th pick. I think he will be a first-round pick, though.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he'll be the only Illinois first-round pick. But it'll be two years in a row. I believe two years. I don't think there was one three years ago uh Don't two years ago that one. they'd have a first round pick which i mean is because i'm when,
2: trying to remember when kirby joseph went
1: i think he was like third kirby, was third round K-
0: kirby joseph was a third round pick in uh 2021. yeah mm-hmm. and you talk to an illinois fan i mean you, you would never guess that quan martin would be a second round pick two years ago yeah mm-hmm. i mean Sidney brown used to make big plays but the guy would also screw up all the time and give up 70 yard touchdowns you'd never think he'd be a third round pick mm-hmm. i mean brett Gilmo has done a good job you know developing guys you know this rebuild, it's a a slow rush. I mean, we can't expect the defense to only give up 12 points a game like last year. So I I think the team's heading in the right direction.
1: I will ask Carson, because this was brought up at the press conference last week after Penn State and Brett Bielema wasn't a fan of the question and kind of said it was a ridiculous question, but do you think that Bielema should take over those defensive calls? It's Aaron Henry right now, but it was asked like, do you? Is there coming coming? Is it coming up? Is are you going to take over? Like is Aaron Henry doing kind of his job that he's supposed to? And we saw Ryan Walters have such great success, and then against right. Penn State and Kansas, we saw a little bit of a struggle. Do you think that they should kind of roll with Aaron Henry still?
0: Well, you, you know what Brett Bielema always says when he gets a question he doesn't like. He he, he like kind of like reflects. He's like you know what I, I understand the question. I appreciate the question, and then he just craps on the question. But uh, regarding Aaron Henry, you know, there is a pretty good defensive coordinator on staff and his name's Jim Leonard. I mean, that was the name that Illinois fans wanted him last year when he got fired as Wisconsin's head coach or not extended the head coaching offer. I mean, Jim Leonard led top five defenses at Wisconsin for literally four to five straight seasons. He's currently on the staff as just like a special assistant to Brett Bielema. So he's there in Champaign five days a week and then he goes home and hangs out with his family in Madison. So if we did have to pull it from Aaron Henry because he wasn't ready for prime time, I mean, he's only 32 years old. Um, I would say you would give it to Jim Leonard, but Hey, I, I will say the past couple weeks have been a lot more encouraging. The, on, the only critique I would say is keep dialing up the pressure
1: because mm-hmm.
0: with the young secondary, I mean, you, you can have the greatest secretary in the world, you know, blocking down wide receivers, if the defensive line doesn't get consistent pressure. Those wide receivers are going to get open. So it's important to get those linebackers, that defensive line. You gotta start hitting the quarterback.
1: Yeah, and before we go on to Purdue, kind of, Darren, what are your final thoughts on, you know, their matchup against FAU and how they showed up? Uh,
2: is the defense or the team as a whole? Kind of the team as a whole. You know, um, I was kind of nervous, halftime they're down, um, but you know, Illinois typically been kind of a second half team, even going back to last season. Um, and definitely taking a look at, you know, third and fourth quarters, you know, a little bit more promising. Like I said, I'd like to see more of the running backs involved, like what Carson said earlier and what I think I said last week or two weeks ago, get McRae the ball out in space. That's what they did a lot with Sidney Brown last year. They had a lot of success with it as well. Um, but, yeah, he needs more touches. I will say Isaiah Williams currently leads Big Ten receivers in receptions so far this season um he needs to be more involved Malik Elzi I still think I'd like to see more of him dynamic kid maybe we put him in the slot a little bit more um I'm kind of blanking on just trying to pick him out with some of the different plays mm-hmm. but um would love to see that kid get a little bit more action as well just keep yeah like what Carson said Defense needs to keep dialing up the pressure. Offense, we need to keep keep at it. I mean, just because it's not working now doesn't mean it's not going to work down the road of the or down the road later in the game. Um, I mean, defenses wear out, and then that's maybe when you know McCray or Love can break through that line. Offenses tackles are getting blocks, and I mean, break off some big runs and just keep them on their toes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I feel like that was kind of the Achilles heel with the Penn State game was because we were airing the ball out so much is why they capitalized and they had those four interceptions on Altmire. And they kind of just – they knew, you know, he's going to pass. And maybe rather than taking those those longer shots, maybe we should have dumped it off. To one of our running backs in the flat and let them kind of do a little bit of work get some you know get some chunk plays get some yardage and at least kind of build towards just getting those first downs because in the first half of the game that penn state game was fairly close and it was really the second half that penn state kind of ran away with it Um, again fau probably shouldn't have been as close of a game Uh, it is what it is but i'm kind of interested to see how things are going to go against Purdue this weekend, mm-hmm. you know they're one and three on the season right now. Illinois is two, and two, two and two right now. Um, kind of you can go back to, and I'll kind of tip my cap to you that Syracuse game, and you and I were kind of texting during that when they played Purdue. Um, but Syracuse had had their number. If Illinois can kind of replicate what Syracuse did, then yeah, it's going to be a big loss for the Boilermakers. <coughs> a little bit it's all right you need some water um, i'll go grab you some
1: i'm good you did mention that syracuse game um will bring up in a second but yeah taking on purdue this coming week um what kind of connects with the syracuse game is i think altmeyer's <coughs> altmeyer's ability to run yeah we saw syracuse's quarterback yeah garrett schrader absolutely run all over purdue um carson what are your kind of thoughts on this purdue team this year
0: syracuse was did more of the same I mean, Wisconsin is not known for having scrambling quarterbacks. You think it's three yards in cloud us. dust. Taron Mordecai had 100 yards rushing against the Boilermakers. I mean, Ryan Walters has a serious issue with mobile quarterbacks. This is a perfect game for Luke, Luke Altmaier in the offense to do what you should be doing. You know, when Barry Lunny got hired from UTSA, the big pitch was going to be he gets the ball in his playmakers' hands. His UTSA wide receivers in their last year there. His top three wide receivers had 90 receptions, 80 receptions, and 60 receptions. I mean, Illinois is nowhere near that. So what Illinois needs to do is get Isaiah the ball, get, you know, set it up for Pat Bryant and get that mobile quarterback. I, I think Luke Altmeyer has a great opportunity to get 85 yards rushing and keep moving those chains. And I I think Illinois should feel pretty confident about their chances against Purdue this week.
1: Mm-hmm. I think lo- looking at the Purdue team earlier in the year in terms of. What we saw last year—it's it's a different team. I don't think they're as good yeah. as I expected. Right. Um, but Illinois really needs to stop Maccabee. I mean, they need to start stop uh, Carter quarterback. Um, if they're pressuring Purdue and really getting to them, it's 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 going to be a long day because I think Purdue's offense is going to struggle against Illinois' defense. So as long as the offense can really. Luke Allmark can take a man and get some touchdowns. I mean, it's it's going to be Illinois' game to lose.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Card had a number of turnovers, and I think that Purdue offense had a number of turnovers in that Syracuse game, just kind of going back. That's the most recent game I remember watching of theirs. Um, but fumbles seem to be a big problem for him and their running back. Um, it definitely seems like, they can kind of capitalize on that. We can keep getting that QB pressure in there. Um, I think Gabe Akis needs to kind of step up as well, and I think this could be a big game for him possibly, um, especially if you know they can open up some holes in that offensive line, get him maybe rushing the quarterback a little bit, um, maybe just add a different dimension to it. Um, but I do like kind of what Carson said. If Altmaier keeps doing what he's been doing, and that's you know, running the football when he doesn't have anything going down the field. Um, I think this is an Illinois ball game. We control the tempo, we control the clock. And I mean, I could see Illinois easily winning this by maybe two, three scores. Mm-hmm.
1: Carson, we'll, we'll get into predictions. Um, what's kind of your thoughts for Saturday's games and game in terms of how it may, uh, may fall out?
0: Well, yeah, what killed Illinois last year is, you know, they had a division title in their back pocket. As long as they beat Purdue at home. I mean, they were favored. Um, and what happened was Purdue realized, let's use a quick passing game. Let's get the screen passes. So, you know, John Newton and Keith Randolph, they weren't sacking last year, Ian O'Connell. So they were jumping off quick pass after quick pass going up and down the field. They scored 31 points. So it's going to be important for them to get pressure on Hudson Card and don't let him be comfortable in the pocket. What makes me feel better, you know, if, if you are an Illinois fan, is Purdue doesn't have those usual playmakers that they have at wide receiver. They don't have a Rondell Moore. Uh, They don't have a Charlie Jones, David Bell. I mean, this Purdue team is a shell of themselves. I think Hudson Card is a phenomenal quarterback. I mean, look what he did at Texas last year, filling in for 20 years. But the reality is Ryan Walters just doesn't have enough pieces for him. So containing Hudson Card and not letting him use his legs is going to be huge. Getting consistent pressure and not letting him, you know, complete those quick passes. I, this is a game. Like I, I know the point spread; it's even right now. It's a pick 'em. I, I think Illinois should win by at least a touchdown.
1: So, what's what if you had a score? What would you say?
0: If I had to do a score prediction, I would say 27-20.
1: Okay, Illinois. Illinois. Okay, what are your kind of what's your prediction for Saturday's game?
2: You know, I I said two or three scores. I'm gonna go 35-21.
1: Okay, Illinois. I
2: I'll
1: take that. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take Illinois too. I think. It might, I think it'll be close. I, I would say Illinois 28, uh, Purdue 17. Okay. Let's say I Purdue's going to get some touchdowns. It's it's going to fall that way. Illinois is going to turn the ball over at least once or twice. Um, and we've seen Illinois kind of give, give up a lot of points off turnovers in that Penn State game. Um, so I think that may be an issue. Uh, I think Purdue's defense is decent. Um, it's not what it was last year, I don't think, but it's still, it, they have a good group and, they're going to give a little bit of trouble to Luke Altmaier. But, yeah, 28-17, to 17, so 11-point game. Um, yeah, so I'll wrap it up with Illinois football. We'll get into some more football. We'll go fantasy football, segue into that. Um, Carson, how are your fantasy teams doing so far this year?
0: Dude, I'm kind of killing it, not going to lie. Uh, I'm 2-0 in both leagues. I got Patrick Holmes early. I mean, he has been performing for me. I mean, he's been scoring 25 points. You know, they always say don't take a quarterback until, what, third or fourth round, mm-hmm. he's really good. I picked him up in the second, you know, because I know consistently he's going to give you 25 points. So he's been the MVP of my team. All
1: right.
2: How are your teams doing, Darren? You know, I am undefeated. Uh, 3-0 right now. Yeah, because we're heading into week four. Um, I mean, beat you week one, just barely squeaked mm-hmm. that out. That was probably my closest margin I b- of victory. I blame Dak
1: for that and the Cowboys' defense because Dak didn't get to do anything I think it was that league I struggled with Dak that week I can't remember
2: I just know Tyler Bass hit like a oh yeah to take that week one uh Buffalo game into overtime um he hit that 50 yard field goal and I think that put me ahead of you by like 0.2 points or something like that so again it was very slim I thought you had it Mm -hmm. and I was gonna be super mad um and I've had Austin Eckler uh he's was my number one pick. He's been hurt dealing with an ankle injury, um, but he's been on my bench the last two weeks, and I've still been pulling out victories. Um, I've had Puka Nakua. I picked him up. I know we talked about that mm-hmm. a week or two ago, um, and I still think even even when Cooper Cup comes back to the Rams, Puka Nakua is, I think, still going to you know get a line share of the targets because um, defense are going to be playing on Cooper Cup, and – I mean, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon. It seems like whatever is going on with his injury seems to be enough to kind of continue to keep him sidelined at least for another couple weeks. Um, I know the person I'm playing this week just picked up uh, – I'm going to slaughter the name. Dolphins backup running back. Akani or a- – a- Yeah, a- and I forget what he said, He wa- how he said, like, his name should be pronounced. Speaking of the devil. Yeah. Dude had 51 points against the Broncos' defense. He's not going to do that again. But so if you're going to try and pick him up off the Weaver wire, if you've already picked him up off the Weaver wire, you know, I'd at least give it another week to see kind of what pans out. I mean, Raheem Moster also had 40-something fantasy points yeah. as well. Um I mean, Mostert is still going to probably get a lot of that. I think Achani, I'll just go with that as his name right now. I think he only got as many points, you know, to give Mostert a little bit of a blow, and he kind of capitalized on it. He's not going to replicate that 50-point game again. Like, maybe he's somewhere in the 10 to 20 ballpark. Um, so, again, I wouldn't chase him on the waiver wire right now. Um, who I'm trying to think who my other players are. So, going
1: to my What do you guys team, think of Tua? Oh, I think he's the MVP this year. I, think I mean, he's he looks big.
2: good as long as he can continue to remain protected. Yeah. I think one, you know, awkward fall to the ground. I mean, who he's knows? Like we, we saw what happened last year. Um, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think he's kind of a ticking time bomb of you can't have that many injuries to your brain. And still, you know, I think risk all that. It seems like they've had better protection on him this year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as soon as, you know, you start getting some offensive lineman injuries, as soon as defense start getting to him, um, and he's gonna take that sack, I mean, I hate to see what could possibly happen to this kid.
1: Yeah, I really like Door this year. I think I think he's gonna win MVP. I mean, I think he was neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes last year until he got hurt. Right. I mean he was th- he, he's been averaging like 300 350 yards a game for the last like two seasons when he's healthy he's really well two co- two people that i did want to mention that i think you should anybody should pick up if they're still available i think one may be questionable if available one cj stroud the dude's throwing 300 yards a game uh-huh. um t- and he's being really good i picked him up in my keeper league and it's okay. a it's a draft round keeper league so I picked him up in free agency, which means I'm going to have him as a 16th-round pick next year. I've already said it. I'm keeping him as one of my keepers. C.J. Stroud, I mean, he's been great. He looks hes I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year for offensive side. My other guy is Sam Laporta of the Lions. He shouldn't be available, but he might be. There's one in my leagues he's available. Uh, t- tight end for the Lions. Yep. Um, he's, uh, he's leading the, the tight end group in receiving yards. I think he has a touchdown every single game this year, if not, Four out of the five, something like that. So he's been playing really well. Two guys that I think could be, if they might be available, if so, check and pick them up because they could carry some weight this season.
0: Yeah. Hey Darren, I, I hate to ask you this, but is C.J. Stroud the greatest Ohio State quarterback to ever play in the NFL already?
2: <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, time you will heard tell. Of Justin we'll Fields? See. Yeah, Justin Fields. I don't know. My wife keeps saying he's not the guy. Get over it. And I'm like, but remember last year, like all that work he did on the ground. And I don't know what the heck is going on. They're not running him this year. Yeah. I mean, they seem to be being pretty conservative with his legs. I mean, I don't know why we're not trying to feed the ball to DJ Moore a little bit um, more often. I mean, that's why we picked him up from Carolina and... They just seem like they're not utilizing him. I think letting David Montgomery go was a big mistake by the Bears. Um, he's, you know, still doing work over in Detroit right now, but I think our running game's not there, and I think that's also kind of part of what's kind of hindering Justin Fields a little bit more. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going they, on with the Bears. I don't want to talk. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I, they, they don't trust him. I mean, he doesn't take any deep shots.
2: That's – I know. It seems like –
0: it seems More like you guys strength. are in line, like just to get Caleb Williams. Like, if I if I gave you two options, w- would you rather have the Bears go six and eleven and Justin Fields show some growth with the deep passing game, or they go one in sixteen and they get Caleb Williams next year guaranteed? You know, as a Bears fan, what are you taking?
1: Uh, they all, I will also mention they have Carolina's pick.
0: So yeah, they're if get they get two have
1: one, picks. if they have like one in three or one in two, you're getting Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison
2: Jr. for the future. Like, I mean, that sounds very appetizing. And then you have DJ Moore on top of that. As far as a that. Bears fan goes, honestly, I appetizing. guess I would take the I take the Caleb Williams and the Marvin Harrison scenario. You know, if they end up tanking the season. Um, I mean, do I think Justin Fields is a good player? Sure, I do. I just don't think he's progressing into that player. It's taken him too long. Like, he should be there by now. Um, I also... Flew is the guy. Like, first
0: of all, like getting a defensive coach to take over this team. Like, we're, we're seeing across the NFL, like, Mike McDaniels, you know, with Miami. Sean McVay. I mean, these are offensive minds that can help develop the quarterback. It seems like Justin's by himself. Like, I, I think he's just screwed. Like, if I put Justin Fields in the Miami Dolphins, he'd probably look a lot better.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll agree with that.
1: It's just a mess in Chicago right now with all those coordinator issues they're having, guys resigning. I mean, it's just – it's a mess.
2: Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's getting mm -hmm. better anytime soon. Honestly, I don't know. It's tough being a Bears fan, i got to say that. But, I mean, that's my team I've been rooting for them for so long. I don't know. If I was going to pick another team, I don't even know who it would be.
1: Yeah, well – Cowboys. Now. As a Vikings fan, we're 0-3-2. Let's stick with Chicago. Move from football to baseball. Chicago Cubs in a big wild-card race right now. Um, they've had a good year. I, I don't think a lot of people expected them to be where they are now. No, they may- it kind of
2: started rough for them, but things really seem to be kind of clicking over uh, on the north side, especially in the second half of the year here. Um, I mean, they're hitting well. They're pitching pretty well. Yeah, the pitching's been good this year. And um, if
1: can I, I I can't remember exactly what his status is right now, but if he can come back for this postseason and kind of slide right into the mix, he was having a Cy Young year before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, and then Justin Steele has been unbelievable for them. He had one shaky start, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, against, um, I don't want to say the Diamondbacks. I forget, but he had a shaky start. Their bullpen, it could be better I don't think it's amazing, um, but their hitting has been good. I mean, you have, uh, for Morell you have Cody Bellinger, who's put himself back on the map. You signed Swanson in the off season. Yep. Nico Horner has been great in the middle, in the infield for him or for them. Um, they've just, they've been good this year. And
2: I mean, do I think they're going to win the world series? No, no, but I do think they can make a pretty good postseason run. Um, Again, it'd be – I feel like they need the Diamondbacks to lose, but they're playing the White Sox right now, so that's probably not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, Diamondbacks won. Otherwise, wouldn't they jump yeah. ahead into – out of that wild card spot and into, like, an official playoff spot? So,
1: so that right now, as of – what's today's date? The 27th of September, the Cubs are – they are the final wild card spot right now behind the Diamondbacks. The Phillies already clinched the first wild card spot okay. – the Cubs are one, one and a half games behind Arizona and only a half a game above Miami. Chicago's playing a series with the Braves, yep. who are the best team in baseball, yep. you could argue. Uh, last On Tuesday night, they blew a game against the Braves. They were up 4-0, and they had a chance to... Win that game, but Seiya Suzuki dropped an easy routine fly ball, brought in two runs for the Braves. They lost that one, so they they got Miami right on their coattails. Cincinnati, one and a half games back. Uh, Carson, what are your thoughts on this Chicago team? I know you're not a, you're not a White Sox. I mean, not a White Sox fan, a Cubs fan, are you?
0: I'm unfortunately a White Sox fan. Oh. Yeah. So we need we need Ryan Storff to sell that team real quick. But uh, you know, regarding the Chicago Cubs, I, I'm going to say it. I, I think they probably missed the playoffs. I think it's a really difficult schedule. I mean, the Marlins are taking on the New York Mets and Pirates, you know, two sorry franchises. The Chicago Cubs are playing the Braves and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And both those teams have an interest here. Like, if you're the Atlanta Braves, you're trying to lock up officially that top, top spot over the L.A. Dodgers. And the Brewers, they, in their first round, they're, they're either going to play the Marlins or the Cubs. If you're the Brewers, who would you rather play in the first round? Do you want to face Stroman? Do you want to face Steele? Like, do you want to face Cody Bellinger? Yeah. I think the Brewers are going to try to win that series and keep the Cubs out of the playoffs. I think the Cubs have had a good resurgent year, but no, they've, they've kind of fallen down, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Strowman was not pitching the same like he did in July. Hendricks is kind of shot up a little bit, you know, the pitching just doesn't have the same kind of momentum that it had, you know, in midsummer.
1: Yeah. I think something to keep an eye out on as in this final week could uh, could come down to Sunday for the Chicago Cubs. I'm hoping they get in just because I like some of their players, like their story, but I am also, there's something in me hoping for them not to make it because I want Cody Bellinger to have a reason to leave because okay. I think the Yankees are the first team in line to sign him this offseason. Of course Grew up a Yankees fan. Yeah. I mean, I want to say his dad or grandpa was a Yankee. Something in his, his in his family tree. Um, but Dude, he, he's he, good. Yeah, he's good. He had a great bounce back year. The Dodgers gave up on him. Right. I mean, he went right. from an MVP to guy batting like 200. 230 yeah. yeah. And so I'm happy for him. I've always been a Bellinger fan. So uh, hoping he ends up a Yankee next year. Um, I mean, that'll wrap it up here yeah. on rookie in the bat. Thank you to Carson Gordy for joining us. Hopefully we can have you on soon. I mean, we had a good episode. I think we were hitting like 40 minutes on this. Um, Always great bringing you in to talk Illinois football. We talked fantasy, a little Bears, unfortunately, and then some um, Chicago Cubs as they hopefully get ready to make a postseason run. Um, Anything else you want to add before we uh, head out, Carson?
0: No, I just want to say, guys, thanks for bringing me on. should be a fun Illinois-Purdue game. Illinois trying to win back that Purdue cannon. You know, this is a rivalry trophy game. And, you know, if you're an Illinois fan, you know, over the offseason, you saw Ryan Walters and Brett Bielma have a war of words. I mean, this is a must-win um, game for the program for Illinois. You know, you can't let your little brother, Ryan Walters, you know, punch you in the mouth in the first year. But, uh, hey, thanks for bringing me on, guys. Yeah, of course. Absolutely.
1: That'll do it here on Rookie the Vet. Make sure, if you don't already, watch us on YouTube, stream us on all podcast streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, you name it. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to stream us, like us. Make sure you subscribe so you know whenever a new episode comes out. Yep. Um, yeah, that'll do here on Rookie and the Vet. Thank you to Carson Gordy for joining us, and we'll see you next time.